0: Kind of a day. <laughs> and before reading the text, I thought it might be helpful just to um, maybe shift our thinking a little around this, and in that, a sense of well, what have we got What's happening in our practice? Yeah. And the Buddha tells us, nibbana is here and now. Yeah. The water. Yeah, And so as you'll hear in a, I've got a whole list of the epithets for Nibbāna. It's unconstructed. We don't have to do it. So what we're talking about and how I often think of it it's a bit like those pictures, you know where you see a vase, and one way you see a vase, if you if you somehow get your eyes looking differently, you see two faces, mm-hmm. you picture of an old lady, mm-hmm. if you can soften enough, you see the young lady with a hat, mm-hmm. yeah? It's this we're talking about. So what allows the mind to soften enough that it comes out of its fixed way of seeing? It's only ever seen the old lady. And then something happens and there is the young lady. She was there all the time. Nothing needed to be done. But actually a huge amount has happened to allow that softening. We're back in this paradox of there is a path of cultivation and it is apparent here and now ahiposikal or panayakal to be seen individually by the wise yeah. so we don't want to even start thinking or constructing anything yeah. as we consider this this is radical and that's what happened for the Brahmin students they had been constructing states of absorption and the Buddha said, not the way. They talked to people who had been doing all kinds of rituals and practices and the Buddha said, not the way. They talked about all kinds of things and if they had a particular insight with them they worked, if they didn't, they were skilful but nothing more, yeah. So we really need to be checking out what we're up to, and of course there has to be a tremendous enthusiasm for the practice, chanda for the dharma, it's called, enthusiasm. Yeah, but we have to know that actually we're not going anywhere, yeah? Because it isn't about sitting for 50 years on the cushion. You know, as Long Cha said, then chickens would be enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we come to Kapha's question. And this is why we're doing the sutta, or this text, because this is one of the most famous descriptions in the whole of the for Punibhana. Next was the Brahmin student Kapha. Sir, he said, there are people struck midstream in the terror and the fear of the rush of the river of being, and death and decay overwhelm them. For their sake, sir, tell me where to find an island. Tell me where there is solid ground beyond the reach of all this pain. So where is the shelter? Where is the safety? place. Kapa, said the master, for the sake of those people stuck in the middle of the river of being, overwhelmed by death and decay, I will tell you where to find solid ground. There is an island, an island you cannot go beyond. It is a place of nothingness, a place of non-possession and of non-attachment. It is the total end of death and decay. That is why I call it Nibbana. There are people who, in mindfulness, have realised this and are completely called here and now. They do not become slaves working for Mara, for death. They cannot fall into his power. So we have glimpses of this. something that is not constructed and has a radically different feel to it. A place of shelter, an island. Mm. And what I thought, because it's about really intuiting something, because it doesn't work cognitively, you no. Know? And the Buddha talked of this in many ways, and often he would talk by saying, "Not this, not that," you no. Know? In a sense, because any any way we try to construct it is a construction. So we're tracked by language. So, you no. Know, this. So he talks of it in terms of simply a cessation of ignorance. Mm. We stop doing suffering. Craving and clinging stop. Free hatred and delusion. We're freed out of that experience. Mm. He talks about what it's like as an experience. Happy. So earlier, I think it's Todia asked, is there such a thing as a happy person? Or my question, you know, with the box of chocolates. A kind of thing is, is happiness possible? And what Buddha is saying, actually, yes. When we are able to make this gestalt shift, the quality is of happiness. There's an absence of agitation and anxiety. The words are often Kema, secure, unshakable, which is one of my favourite ways of considering it, this unshakable deliverance. Analayo, some of you know him, without longing. Amata, deathless. So they're all words that Meet some of the things that are stressful for us. A place where there is no death. A place where there is no longing. A solka, sorrowless. And I found it really helpful myself just to pick up a few of the words that really resonate and walk with them, sit with them breathe with them, eat with them, what would it be like to be sorrowless? less secure, safe. Now he talks about Parama, Satcha, the supreme truth, for those of you working with the Parami. muti freedom, Santa, peaceful. Sarana, the refuge, you get the gist, don't you? It has a kind of quality to it. And as in here, often it's similes we get in the texts. You know, the island, a place, the other shore, which is secure and free from danger. Mm. Deeper, an island free from danger, which is what we have here in the text. There are, you know, as you read different things, you'll hear there are all these kind of similes that they don't—they're not saying, "Oh, it's like this," because then our mind would grasp at it, and we couldn't make this shift. You know, we would stay with some construction. so what are we doing as we sit here as we walk, as we're eating we're softening the mind practices where we're collecting experiencing the enlightenment factors these help soften the mind it's less grasping after sense objects it starts to understand them sees them arise and cease them. It starts to soften the grasping. Meditation that has a sense of well-being in it means that we're less hungry for things on the outside. It's about a kind of process where this experience, which is so very much about each of our experience, in life, we start to free it up a bit. But the way we get there will be very different It's individual. They used to laugh about Ajahn Mahabur. Some of you will have read his teachings. So he's one of the um, more irascible of the forest Ajahn's you know, of the kind of Ajahn Chah lineage, of, of, not lineage, of that time, from Ajahn Mun. And they used to laugh about him, that, you know, if there was a straight path to Nibbana, he'd gone bush crashing on this long detour <laughs> over streams and up cliffs. <laughs> you know, this kind of fierce boxer had set off. You know? That was his way. So it's going to look very different. So we each find what this particular system responds to. In the time of the Buddha, some people had objects on like beautiful things, lotus flowers.
1: Another man
0: was obsessed with a white cloth. The Buddha just got him to contemplate it. Of course, over time, it got dirty. But a mind that was actually noticing this, let go. Yeah? So we're talking about a kind of letting go Not even a kind of. A letting go. <laughs> We're talking about letting go. <laughs> of, of the tight way the mind configures reality. Not that we become so we can't function. We just we don't have fixed views about it. Yeah? So, people who are mindful have realized this and are completely cooled, another metaphor here and now. Yeah. It's possible. And even small glimpses of this start changing everything. Okay. Yeah. And for many of us, it may be a glimpse we catch. But we're no longer as trapped. It all doesn't feel quite so real and constricting and painful. Yeah? Little softening the mind, becoming more available to the very truth that's here and now. So, I'm. my encouragement would be that we take some of these descriptions. What does he mean by an island? And just start letting our mind open to this. It maybe it's my kind of style but to take the things I don't quite understand and leave them with the mind mm. letting it start to intuit something that I can't sort out up here mm. and try it out Jatukhanu. He spoke. I had heard, he said, that there was an ocean crosser, a hero, desiring the desireless. And so I have come to ask a question of this man without desire. Tell me this, eye of instant seeing knowledge. What is the state of peace? Please explain it to me as it really is. You master rule desire and pleasure like the sun with heat and light. Like the sun with heat and light rules and controls the earth. I have only a little understanding, sir, and you are a full globe of wisdom. Tell me how to find and know the way of giving up this world of birth and aging. The Buddha replied to Jatakani, lose the greed for pleasure. See how letting go of the world is peacefulness. There is nothing you need to hold on to, and there is nothing you need to push away. Dry up the remains of your past and have nothing for your future. And if you do not cling to the present, then you can go from place to place in peace. There is a greed that fixes on this individual body-mind When that greed has completely gone then, Brahman, there will be no more inner poison drives without which you are immune from death. So, see how letting go of the world is peacefulness. What is it like if we let go of some that's been torturing us, as they do. We let go of some expectation of ourselves, some judgement about what we should be doing. You you can feel something settle. Every time we do a little letting go, we taste this possibility. So we we know the movement and we know the taste. We just keep practicing it. Yeah. It's not that we have to give up everything we love. It's just that we start to understand what happens in our relationship with the world. Yeah. we we're letting go of ignorance, the things that delude, that inhibit our ability to actually be available. Yeah? You're becoming more available. So the phrase I would encourage us to work with there is nothing that you need to hold on to. There is nothing you need to push away. Yeah? So in our practice, this is the Brahma Vihara. Yeah? It can be really subtle. Yeah. So, feel it out. Mm. it's radical and it's tricky because the world is so much about personality and this stuff isn't about sorting out our personality there are other ways of doing that and most of us decide well let's tidy it up and up so it doesn't cause too much suffering for ourselves and other people. You know? So we can attend on that level, but we're not liberating on the level of personality. Yeah, it's something else entirely. It's the it's the chitta, the hearts that's liberated. There's nothing to hold on to, nothing to push it away. It's not what the world is saying. So these teachings are usually said to be against a stream. Yeah, because it's a very different statement than you know, McDonald's is making. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. You know, the, the commercial world around us. And it's a very different thing than our ego might be saying, the kind of voices of, we're just not quite there yet, and we're not good enough. Yeah? So, really, if it's the only thing you did for the rest of your life, if you penetrated this much, or this bit, dry up the remains of your past and have nothing for your future, if you do not cling to the present, then you can go from place to place in peace. So what's this experience like? Um, I was trying to think of Lumpur tomatoes phrase. The past is a memory, the future is uncertain, now is the knowing. Yeah. That's what it's meaning. Memory, so it's a complete construct. Heaven knows what really happened. No? The future is born out of my fear and my expectations. It will be very different than I imagine. Yeah. And so to be present here and now. Without deciding about that either. Being in this capacity to know. Lung for Cha used to say, How does it go? When you can't go forward and you can't go back and you can't stand still, you'll understand the end of suffering. Yeah? So, as a young practitioner, when I at fall and then when the dukkha gets really gone no and there's no retreat backwards and the future looks a disaster and he is too painful you have to let go. Yeah. Which I think is what he's pointed to. <laughs> yeah. So these these things in here are very profound. Mm. They're, they're telling us how to attune. So it's not that we're not cultivating, but we cultivate with this understanding. Yeah we are perfectly all right as we are nothing needs to be done Then yeah. we soften and open the mind we become available to the way it is as like the Buddha said A mindful living person can know this for themselves. So what obscures our ability to be present here and now? That's what we're working with. Enough, I think.